create something that catch attention in a discreet way, makes the wearer discreetly remarkable, so like making the best out of an accident of your life. And by placing it in weird ways, you're aware of what you're doing with your garments. You give value to an old garment that you might be bored of, and then you also might surprise somebody. Welcome to, or welcome back, to Fashion Carrier Stories. My name is Lucas Silva-Edward. I am a career strategist and executive coach with more than 10 years of experience in the fashion and luxury industry here in Paris, France. My role is to help you design a successful life and career in one of the most glamorous industries on the planet, but also one of the most competitive. For that reason, I have interviewed fashion professionals at different stages of their career in order to decode their best practices, tactics, and strategies. My hope for you is that you will find in this conversation some inspiration and insight that will help you build your professional journey in the world of fashion and luxury. Today, I have the pleasure to receive Anaxenia Ene Penescu. Anaxenia is the founder of Asset a new type of accessory brand, and I quote, creates fine jewelry independent from the body. Her approach is quite unique because each piece creates a new dialogue between the body, the garment, but also the viewer. What I personally love is that even though her pieces are a way to express yourself, they are first and foremost a way to connect with others. Each piece is elegant, sophisticated, and in some way, intellectual, which in the current context of fashion is really refreshing. My advice, visit the website www.acep.co A-X-E-P.co and check the Instagram at accept.axept.at Today, Anaxena and I are going to talk about her journey as a leather good designer and how she has built her career so far. As you will hear, Anaxenia is a seasoned professional with experience at Balenciaga and Lueve. She has also experimented with different types of, of professional format, including freelancing for more than a year in China. Anaxenia and I went to the same fashion school. She was in design, I was in business. Even though we crossed paths and have a mutual respect for each other's work, we were not close friends. However, when I was interesting for a position at Balenciaga, she was the first person I called. When Anna Xenia started her brand, she reached out in order to get my feedback as a fashion editor slash buyer. My point is that along the way uh, or your studies or professional journey, you will cross paths with a large diversity of people and you will never know who is going to play an important role in your career. So, no matter what, please act with kindness, humility, and if you can, be of help in somebody else's journey. And with no further ado, please enjoy this wide-ranging conversation with Anaxenia Ene Pienescu. Hi, Anna Xenia. How are you? Hi, I'm very fine. And you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I'm really happy to have you in this uh, in this podcast, especially we were talking uh, just a little bit before. Uh, and I, I wanted to have you uh, in this one because uh, I've known you for quite some time, but 
like following your career uh, from far away. I know you have worked in some of the most beautiful brands on, on the planet. But besides that, what I love about you, it's really like your your spirit. You are really straightforward when you talk to people, even in your ideas. And I wanted to have uh, your point of view on how you have led your career so far. What are the, the, the main elements that you believe that uh, drawn you to where you are today? And especially uh, now that you have launched your own brand, and I wanted to understand how your spirit uh, is inside that brand, how you have infused that spirit inside your brand. So this is a lot of questions for the beginning, but I just wanted to, to tell you why I wanted to have you in the in this podcast. Um, so if you want just to start, maybe introduce a little bit yourself and what you have done, and, and then we can uh, continue uh, see where, where this podcast uh, goes. Eba, thank you very much, Luca. It's very nice to talk to you, and um, I'm very pleased to uh, answer to your podcast. Um, so to introduce myself, so I'm Anaxenia. My full name is with Enepianescu because I'm uh, Greco-Romanian and I moved to France when I was eight years old. So I have a very long name, so I shorten it to Anaxenia. So it's easier for people to understand, especially international. Um, and I started uh, to work in fashion. I started in ready-to-wear because this is like what I've studied. Like I studied ready-to-wear design. And I started, I worked with uh, Martin Margiela. I worked uh, at Hussein Chalayan in London. And then at some point, I also worked in trend offices because for me, it was very important to have a really like wide, um, like a really open and, and wide range of... Um, um, how do you say it in English? Um, ah, in perspective, um, pre, like um, yeah, point of view or overview. Yeah, yeah, because I didn't want it to limit it to just luxury houses. I was very interested in also the the everyday aspect of fashion. I also worked in China and ready to wear. Like I was like consulting for a brand that was settled in China, and I did it when I was like very young. Like uh, I did it between like twenty four and twenty seven years old which was an amazing experience. Um, and But after that, I, I really felt like I always knew that I wanted to be independent and I always knew I wanted to have my own project and to work on my own project. Um, so at some point, and also like having this experience in London and this like mindset of like studying, it's amazing. It's not like in France, like in France, or like do your studies and then you go to work. Like in every other country in the world, you study like in this school and then you go abroad to study in a different school. Like studying is like learning at the same, in the same spirit as working. So I offered myself one year of like a protected area at EFM. And this is where we met. And after that, like at EFM, I started to work on accessories, which I realized I was like much more relaxed in a way because as fashion was like going at that moment, it wasn't anymore like I was working at Hussein, especially like spending three months of research and the importance of the fabric and blah, blah, blah. All those things that now seems a bit like our old ladies, you know, like the beginning of fashion where fabric is important, the relationship with the body, the relationship of getting dressed, getting undressed. So I was feeling there was something changing there and accessories is still like some sheltered area in fashion because it's where the money is, where they sell a lot. and. And also 
like for everyone, even marketing or merchandising people, the accessories are important because of the money, but also they accept the functionality of it. And for me, a garment, like clothing piece, as well as an accessory, is something functional. But today, as fashion goes, it's not functional, it's image and blah, blah, blah. A bag has to be functional, the shoes has to be functional in some ways. Um, so for me, so I was more drawn to that. I was like, okay, I can have more fun. Um, so after EFM, I started, like, I did an internship at Cartier. And then I started at Balenciaga uh, with Alexander Wang at the beginning and then with Demna. And after I joined Loewe with Jonathan Anderson, uh, which was the perfect, like, combination for me. Uh, in terms of positioning of those two brands and uh, and always having in mind that I want to work on my own project because I always I always been that independent person and I always I also always wanted to have fun uh, with my own rules and my own values so I've been observing all these different fields like luxury high high street accessories garments and then I wanted to combine those two. So that's why my brand, I'm doing accessories for garments. It's really okay. two aspects in one. And before we go uh, to, 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 to your own brand, because uh, there is a lot of, of it to say, I just wanted to kind of go back a little bit. And do you remember when you, that joy uh, or passion about fashion or creation uh, sparked in your life? When is kind of the origin stories of, of that side? So I'm kind of like very privileged from the beginning because my parents, both of them, they are architects. So I've been always like, they always like brought me like in every city we are going, they always show me like building stuff that are, we went to exhibitions that are. So in that matter, I know that I'm very privileged because some other people, they don't have it, but they build it by themselves. So I'm always very admirative. So I always have this, I always knew that I wanted to create something. I was drawing a lot. And I remember at school, I, I didn't really want it. Like in the first, first thing, I wanted to be interior designer because I was going with my parents at their friends' places. Because since we moved here in France, I was always with my parents. They didn't like let me with, I don't know, with Nunu, like uh, people to keep you or I don't know. They always brought me with them. So I spent a lot of time among adults and I always spend a lot of time observing those adults, this, this conversation. And when I was bored, I started to look at their place and I was like thinking, how can I change it? And how can, so I, then I, go, I was going back home and I started to draw from Habitat catalog or Ikea and like doing Photoshop just by drawing. Like I was doing Photoshop with my hand, like drawing everything and rearranging the, the their interiors. So directly like, on the images? No, no, no. I was like no. drawing, I was like taking like in front of me, I had like inspiration, Ikea. Oh. Uh, and then I was drawing because I think this was, also coming from my parents, like seeing them drawing spaces. Then I draw like perspective, like I was redrawing their um, their house, like the like the, all the rooms. I think like the bathroom, blah, blah, blah. and then I was filling it with my design inspired from IKEA and Habitat. Uh, and I was also doing it when I was like really young, like in Romania. I was drawing like the different step of transformation of a character. So it was like I don't know. Like, a person like living in the street and like I don't know like she has like she wasn't calm but like real child things you know like she had a dirty dress and then I was drawing the different step for her to become clean and I remember that in the end I was like but now it's a bit boring so I always try to keep the 
it's not like uh, extreme makeover, you know. I wasn't like redoing yeah. everything. I kept like the characteristics, but yeah. I was like, drawing all those different steps. And then in uh, like at school, like when I was studying, I still keep on drawing. At school, they always say like you shouldn't draw, you should listen to the teacher. So I tried it, but then I realized I was like making jokes with my friends. So in order not to make jokes with my friends and to be focused on what the teacher was saying, I was like continuously drawing. And the easiest thing at that age, I don't know, 14, 16, you draw like a girl dressed in a dress or, you know, like you draw things that keep your mind busy while listening. And, uh, and then I really knew I wanted to do something related with drawing and with design. And, and I think, yeah, and, and after like having this like interior design, uh, career, <laughs> career by my <laughs> then I was like, no, I want to do something more connected with the body, the movement, like something more sensitive, like, and also like sensual. So that's why I, that's how I like started. So that's, that, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Really. So your, your starting part is really space and <laughs> interior. And then you, you went to more like body, more sensuality, more on the person. And, but the connecting dots, it's the drawing. That's the craft that led you to more creation, if I understand well. Yeah, and now I realize it's also like, a, it's really like having something that exists already and transforming it. Yeah, without losing what makes the taste to not make it boring, if I understand exactly well. Like, it's like how you keep that, yeah. yeah. It's a, okay, <laughs> so that's, a, that, that, that's an amazing uh, process. And how did you choose like a, what you will study and where you, you you decided to study. What was kind of the criteria that you used at that moment so to say, okay. That, yeah, that for me, like, uh, yeah, you had always those fairs in Paris, like when you, when I was in, I did like social economics baccalaureate. Um, and I remember that they're always asking us, like, what do you want to do in life? So I was always like, everybody wanted to be a doctor, I don't know. Uh, accountant, I don't know, marketing, that or something. And yeah, I was like, and for fashion. So they didn't really know where to guide me. They were like, we don't know. This is something like crazy artistic stuff. We don't know, which is not artistic, by the way. So then my parents, they were very nice because they always like brought me to those fairs. Like, you want to go here, you want to go there. And then at those fairs, I remember I passed by like a smod. And I was like, oh my God, that seems so boring. Like, it's so formal. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is not what I want to do. Like, I already have it in, like, lycée and, like, high school, you know? Like, so, and then I, I passed by Chardon Savard, which is, like, it was this, like, small French school, like, very family, like, family spirit in Paris. I didn't know anything about it. And then I saw, like, they were very crafty and they were, like, very chill. They were a bit in the spirit of my primary school. When I arrived in France, I was to a primary school that was, it's called Vitruve, Ecole Vitruve, it's in the 20s, and it's the spirit of Montessori, so we didn't have books, we didn't have grades, we weren't judged, we are just like built, like brought to life by some other person that were giving us the tools to use, uh, to use it by ourselves. So I felt the same with the, um, the director of the, um, the director, yeah, the, like the, the boss of the, of Chardon Savard, he had this like cool vibe, I think like he was smelling cigarettes, something like this. And they were like, there were a lot of drawing. He was like, yeah, hey, we are here to have fun, basically. So I was like, okay, that's it. Okay. So what, what I, what I hear from you and what I think is really interesting is like, you knew yourself super well to know what type of environment 
will be the most appropriate for you. And that's kind of, if I understand the, what draw you to one school more than the other, because you, in Chardon, you knew that you might be able like to be more free experiment and not, uh, there is not that judgment part, uh, as yeah. you, maybe you feel it in, in other way. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's, uh, and, and, and what did you at the end at that school? How long did you stay there? And what would you say are the, the key learnings that you have there that, uh, that you so keep I with think, you now? I think it was two years, three years, two years, maybe. I don't remember exactly now. Um, so it was very, I was very happy because after say like after high school, I think in high school, yeah, um, I was very relieved, relieved. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to finally be able to draw most of the time. We still had, like I did BTS. I still was a bit like formal, like BTS is like this, like state diploma. So I did the BTS. So I was like, ah, shit, we still have mathematics and physics. And I was like, accountant. I was like, why? And also like, I, I mean, I learned a lot. I had a lot of time to develop like my first like design ideas. Um, I didn't really understood the, all those like accountancy classes, the physics classic. I understood them when I had to pass the test because I was like, ah, physics, okay. It's for the materials, dying. Ah, d'accord. So voila, mathematics, bon, yeah, we use like P and I use it sometimes when you do patterns, so it's useful. But nobody really told you like, this is the purpose of it, you know? It was still like those yeah. lessons that, are a bit French in that way, like, mm. like you have to do it and that's it. It's important, you know. And then the yeah, only things like, for, for example, ac accountancy, you say that, like contabilité. Mm -hmm. um, now I realize it would have been much more important, not the, the, the accountancy itself, but I know like from like, because after I like travel, I went to like different school, like in abroad, they from the beginning, they say like fashion is a business, fashion is not art, and you should learn like by what other people did in the past in terms of fashion. And you should also consider that you're starting in a business, so you should know the basics of the business. In Chardon Sava, it's very nice for two years. It was just after the baccalaureate, I was 18, so Sava, it's cute. Uh, that's why also after I went to EFM, I was like, I still need to focus on something more like uh, consistent because Chardon Savard is very like, oh, you're the creative, you do, it's a bit like Beaux-Arts. Every, like every, yeah. like it's like, I don't know, like architecture school in France, like design school in France, interior design, everything. It's a bit like crafty, crafty. And like, you're the artist and you create with your hands some like weird shape made out of paper, sink in water, you know, like papier mâché. Yeah. It's, it was, it was good for one, for those two years. After I think it, it should be like, you sh I should have maybe like gone like in Belgium or in England to have something where somebody really considered this is a business. So you should be aware of that. Don't, you know, because after you left, you leave school and you're like, ah, oh, nobody's waiting for me. And we are yeah. not just creating nice shapes forever. <laughs> it, it's true. It's kind of, uh, you discover the reality of, uh, wow, we're here to make business and yeah. money and, uh, and I mean, yeah, you need to produce something that is going to be useful for the brand or even for your own business. And if you just in your mind, in your, in your world, creating, as you say, weird, weird shapes is not going to cut it for a long time. So yeah, I mean, no, it, it, 
can't combine both because I don't think we are here to make money and make business like this. Is somebody else decided it because they mm-hmm. do so much. So we are really not here to make money and make business. We are mostly here to have fun because like it's short and we're all going to die at some point. So let's have fun and not make money and business because yeah. nobody cares when I'm going to be dead. So we are mostly here to have fun and have those ideas in our mind, but also be like realistic and pragmatic. And this, I think it's important to have in mind. Like, like designers are not like dreamers. You, ha- you are very pragmatic. You believe you're a dreamer because everybody tells you, ah, blah, blah, blah. you know, so have those amazing ideas, but learn how to use them because you're doing, like you're doing it for other people, as you say, like, I'm not an artist. Like I don't create out of my inspiration to show it to someone who looks from in distance. It's something that people will wear. It's functional. It should be amazing, crazy. You can have like different aspects, but it's still like for other people. Okay. So if I understand well from, from those two years, you learn kind of uh, more create, creation, creativity, you experience a lot. And then you decided to go uh, abroad to have that more like a, uh, business or at least realistic uh, uh, way of thinking in and so where, where did you go to learn to, to, to learn that and what what kind of the, the learnings there from, from so those, after, those like, straight after um, so I worked for a bit at Margiela because this was like oh of course like it was my dream like oh it's so interesting uh, there I did like I work also like uh, at the um, how do you call it, like the business side. So it's a bit like, oh, shit, like, <laughs> this is not amazing. Because there you could do like a bit of everything, you know, it was still very, quite small. But at the same time, I was like, well, at the same time, I'm always like, I have like a big uh, resilience kind of. So I was like, oh, okay, but I'm like in the business side. Okay, I will learn something completely different. Then at the same time, I was like also working at the Atelier Artisanal where they were like painting on shoes and on T-shirts. So it was really like, again, like a really nice combination to be very opposite. Yeah. Um, so I was also seeing how the business is brought, like it's, it's brought to life. I also like saw how Martin Margiela was really not about, I mean, he was very, uh, he was a very good businessman, but he was very much like, I don't care about this, but he knew how to surround it himself with people who were like, okay, we're going to make this like a, a business, like a brand. Yeah. Um, and, and then I think I didn't, I didn't want it. I, I didn't want it to go straight to school. I was very curious about like working and working in the work environment. So after Margiela, I started uh, like in this trend office because this was the opportunity at that time. I worked for a little time. Then I, I've seen something that I really didn't like, like people taking themselves too seriously and be a bit pretentious. So I was a bit disappointed. And also working already how you work later like fast you know like you just photocopy ideas so i was a bit like i was still like dreaming of like creating new stuff and i had this opportunity to work in china so for me like my my learning after school was more through work directly which i think was Mm -hmm. very important Mm -hmm. if you're ready for that and if you're open to try those new experiences because when i was traveling to china I was really like, I don't know what to expect. Like they asked me come there and they really have this American, like they're very like capitalist in their way of making business. It's like, you can do it no matter your age. It's not like France, like you should have 40 years or yeah, be 40, have the experience of somebody being 60, uh, 60 and, uh, and still be sexy, you know, like yeah. 
So you should combine all those, which is impossible. In the US, I think, and in China, they are like, if you can do the job, no matter who you are, what you did, come do. So I traveled there and then they were like, yeah, you would be like the designer for the brand. Like, okay. I was like super surprised. And then I stayed there for three months and I really didn't want it to copy. Having this experience from this like first friend office where I've been working, I was like, I'm not going to just like photocopy ideas. Also, because coming from a different country in France, I always been very aware of this judgment, of the judgmental aspect that you can sometimes have. And I was very aware of like this kind of like, yeah, like racism or like preconceived ideas to say it more in a diplomat way, like Chinese people copy. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, now I, I'm working with them. It's my responsibility to prove the world that they are not copying, which I understood later that many designers go to China, they are paid a lot of money. And then it's easy if you're like, um, like if you're an experienced designer to photocopy ideas, you'll know how to photocopy it fast. Um, and it's fine, okay, like you copy, they don't know, they took you there, mm-hmm. you're you a lot of money, right? So I was like working my ass to have like new ideas and which was like super tiring. Like I was like drawing and working all the time, but I really wanted to prove that no, like they trusted me and I'm going to bring them something new. So I worked there for two years. And at the end when I left, because still like it was very hard. And at the end, I realized it's also very tiring to have new ideas for a brand all the time. That's why you end up photocopying. Like then you know how to balance, have photocopy, have new ideas. When I left, I checked like some, uh, I wanted to be like very clever, you know, so I, I checked for like, how do you say the um, citation, like quotes, quotes to, to say, to tell them why am I, am I leaving? And I was still very occidental in that mind. Like I was like, I'm not copying. So in the end, if I have to copy, I have to leave. And I was like looking for quotes from Confucius because I was like quotes that make sense. And there was one, I don't remember exactly, but one, one that was saying, like Confucius was saying, you take from, I mean, for example, I take something from your place, Luca, I bring it to mine and on the way of taking it, I transform it and then it would become something new by the transformation. And I was like, ah, fuck me, like, okay. So this is, okay, Asian mindset, like, not the idea of copying. It's not something bad, like in France, like in Europe or an Occident world, like, we create. I'm God's the creator, you know? You transform things. And like and to be honest, like even in Occidental world, like you always take you're inspired by something, it passes <laughs> into your eyes, in your brain, and then you recreate it in a different way. And it will become something new just by this transformation from one person to uh, to the other. So I learned something very essential essential there that then I find that balance I got to. Okay. Now that's a, that's an amazing uh a quote that encapsulates how we see the world in, diff- in different places. And I think, uh, thank you for, for, for sharing that. Because it's true here in Occident, we have that idea, like, like uh, China copies, even though now we see that they're innovating in a lot of ways too. But there is a moment when you start that you need to copy, but at the end, it's not so much the copy that matters. It's how you transform that like, yeah. to make it something different new and excited and yeah after that there is degrees of t- transformation i imagine that uh, make it more like a, a new product or kind of a, a really yeah. similar things but in the mindset it, it, it is different so that was a, gr- a great lesson 
No, I remember also I've seen like two exhibitions that were very important to me. Like I've seen one exhibition about Yoji Yamamoto and another one about Rizuda Noten where they, are, they were showing their inspiration. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. Because in general, all exhibition about designers, artists is like, see, this is my art. I created yeah. it. As if mm. you're by yourself in your room with your pen and then mm. voila. Which is impossible. It's also a lot of mm. pressure. Like, and I find it so generous and so like honest. Like they always show like I'm inspired by this and and then when you see where they brought it you're like wow it's still amazing you know yeah but it doesn't matter you're just like yeah I'm inspired by things <laughs> no it's true it's 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 amazing how inspiration can work in so many different uh, ways and as you said we no, we don't live in a you know own world we live in connection with others and it is true for creating uh, garments or accessories. Or it is true to creating your own uh, lives or career. So this is kind of almost the point of this, uh, this podcast. It's how I get inspired. How I'm not going to copy the path of somebody, but let's see what I can take and transform it along the way on my own journey to see if I can get to another result or, or something uh, different. Yeah. So it, 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 it is great. Before we move on a little bit on, on, on the rest of your journey, I just wanted to kind of uh, circle back to... Um, to what you did, like the on the business side of uh, of Margiela. what was the the position? Just to understand, it was um, I was like assisting everyone there that was like preparing in the show uh, showroom preparation. Okay, it was mostly like I was like very young, so I was like mainly like observing and helping a bit everyone. And as I was saying, I think at that time there were still like eighty people there, mm -hmm. so it was like super small. So I was like helping, like I was also working with the guy that I met after at Lueve. So, and yeah, it was like very, it was very, it was very interesting. And um, yeah, I was mainly like helping them in the, because yeah, I was like um, the showroom preparation, the sales preparation. I was assisting them in the showroom sales. Okay, and uh, would you say that that's uh, that learning was useful for you in uh, after to kind of understand the other side of the business besides the creative side, or was it just something you said like okay, it's just not for me? And... Uh, at that time, I was still a bit blurred. Like it was really the beginning. So when you start, I mean, uh, now when I have interns, I'm like they understand everything, you know. And then I forget that when you start, you're like. Ugh. My first like job or like, ah, it's new. Oh la la, I'm not Martha Martula. Like you're just like super excited. So you're like kind of blurry. Like some things go into your brain, but then you think about them like years later, you know, yeah. you're just like, ah, fashion. Yes. Fashion week, you know, you're just excited about that. So no, I think it was, it was important to see that there is something behind. This was the first thing that I noticed. There is something behind. There are some people, but. Yeah, there it was nice because it was small, so they were really like in that spirit. Now I think people like working for big companies where they are like massive. I don't know, like in Vuitton, they are not all like, we love Nicolas Gessier, you know, and we love the site. It's a job. So there it was nice in that aspect, like to be infused with the brand. Um, then I also work like as a part-time job uh, during my life. I also work for like uh, as a showroom assistant or like as a dresser during showrooms. So there I could also observe, for example, for Yoshi Yamamoto, so there I was observing the salesperson. 
and I understand like they the, like the buyers comes with a budget and the seller need to sell to him to for this budget or not. So I was still observing all these different aspects. It was quite kind of tiring. Like they were like not fighting, but they were like prices at the end. Like he sold for the most money, or I don't know. Like so, it was yeah. It, I was like it's not for me, but it's interesting, and I would like to understand that because if I understand then that if I want to do something by myself, mm -hmm. I need to be more aware of that aspect. Yeah. Yeah. I understand how the, a buyer or salesperson think and beyond yeah. the fact that a product is beautiful or well-made, it's like, okay, how it goes into a shop, who are the customer behind, what price point are, you, are we hitting? Yeah. How it's all of that goes into the one collection and how a, a, a buyer can get the full collection and not only like luxury product yeah. that no people won't buy. So it is interesting to have a, at least an understanding of, of that, just to, as you say, keep, keep it in your, the back of your head kind of, and, and know that it, it, it exists. Yeah. And, um, and going back to the, to the China two years experience, what would be like, uh, the, the key learnings there as a, as a designer? Well, well I think this is the the main thing is like, Copying, like, okay. what's the cultural difference? So okay. I think the main learning. And the, the the other one is like, yeah, you cannot, like, if you work for a brand, um, you need to mix a bit, like, genuine and, like, I mean, always inspired by something else, ideas, and not, I mean, I still don't believe in the, like, pure photocopy of something, but you need to combine new ideas with something that comes from somewhere more directly and by adding details and working on the details um you can um you can bring it somewhere else but saying that i can do this in accessories i think like for like clothing or ready to wear i wouldn't be able to do it and i really believe in the way that i was working at hussein with those amazing like people there and pattern makers who are like truly like um, geniuses um, like Izumi and Rio, like my two friends who are working there, who are like draping. Like you just take the fabric and mm. you drape and you let yourself be surprised by the material and you work with the material on a stockman and then you create and you create something new out of your relationship with the material. So I still believe this is very important and this is what I praise in fashion, in ready to work. For accessories, like it's like the wheel, you know, like a bag is like a wheel, like you cannot make it. I mean, you can make it square. It can be fun for like one month to drive this like car with square wheels, but after a while you're going to be bored. Yeah, it has to be useful. Yeah, so, exactly. So after China, did you went straight to Yushan Shalayan or it was a, there is a step no, before that? I came back to Paris. I needed one year to reset a bit because I was saying I was like working a lot. I was traveling a lot. I was going back and forth. So I really needed like to set to sit down and to work again on something creative by myself because I was a bit like like uh, dry from giving all my ideas as I wanted to have this like to convince the world that we aren't copying. So I was like having just new ideas, 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 ideas. Um, so I needed to sit down, and so I took one year like to to like leave. I mean to take a flat with my best friend to leave my independent life with the money I was like earning in China. So 
I was like enjoying life, going out, having fun, like everything I couldn't really do because I was working so much. And also concentrating on a personal project, like trying to apply to contests, meeting, like doing creative uh, things for myself, like out of my own ideas and more freely, yeah, more freely creating. And after a while, of course, I needed to find a job. Uh, so I started to work for a new trend office where I find like, um, like a new spirit of like people who are like inspired by exhibition, who could travel the world, who have always those privilege of being like inspired by things, but then who had to bring it like to bring it to the, um, to high street, to like brands who are like selling a lot and without despising those brands and without despising this like, um, bringing those ideas to um it's not yeah it's like vulgarization but not in a bad way like okay you're inspired by vasarelli how can you do a it's not the best example but like <laughs> like could you translate here yeah, something that is it to, for a brand that it's going to be more mainstream and exactly and yeah what are the one or two elements that you, yeah. you can take from uh, there yeah. For example, like this, this kind of career in fashion, in luxury, it's very, it's kind of despised because it's like, ah, we don't care. This is mass market. And I, again, like I, I'm, I had a bit the same feeling as working for China. It's like, there are certain things good we consider good and certain things we consider bad. Well, like in my opinion, it's like, well, those people are really selling and this is how people are dressed mostly in the street. So why should we despise some people? You know, like luxury is something like, I mean, today luxury is also something very weird. I don't know why it's still called luxury sometimes, but it's something that it costs a lot. So like not everyone is interesting in paying so much for a bag, a t-shirt. So I think it's very interesting. And also it's very interesting because then in those trend office, you need to like research a lot. Like I was like fucking researching all the time in design, food, shoes, garments, da, 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 da. And also the people I was working there, they were, I learned so much to put references on images. So I knew where I took the images, not just like you go on Pinterest and you're like, I like this image, boom. You know where this image comes. I learned so much. I learned about so many designers, so many fashion designers, so many interior designers, so many food designers, so many things that I didn't know before because I was always like naming the picture I was like taking. Again, in the same idea, like you're not like stealing from those people. You're just like taking it and transforming it, but you should know where it comes from and you should, in order for your brain to function, in order to be like, oh, I like this image. I like this designer. Let's research more if I have time or if I'm interested, you know? So it's like learning. It's like, yeah, constant learning. And, and how do you, in a more pragmatic way, how do you, if you had to advise, you know, somebody that's uh, starting and want to be in that phase of researching, understanding kind of the world, the trends, what, what would you say that are the, the best practice for, for somebody who even not work in a trend agency, but even for themselves, well, what would be the best practice for them? I think it's exactly that. It's like you practice, so you do by yourself a lot and mm -hmm. do for yourself in the beginning. So you're like, okay, I've seen this. I want to try. It's not like nothing can stop you from doing, you know, like, and I mean, yeah, there are many things that can stop you from doing. I don't know. You have many brother and sister. You have a big family. Yeah. House, you don't have, you don't have time. I don't know. Like there are many things that can stop you, but, but if you can, um, if you can, you just try, 
try out of anything that you can and find ideas and always be like free enough to consider that you have the right to try and always have fun because I mean, yeah, we are doing something that is fun. That is so have fun, trust yourself. Don't be, don't think about yourself. Like I'm always saying like, they make me laugh all my interns that then, because I also don't call them interns. I'm like assistants and I'm like, you're a designer because they're like, I'm an intern. I'm like, no, you're a designer who starts, you know, like, no, but I'm not a designer because I really don't believe in this bullshit of like junior designer, senior designer, head of director. So I'm always joking around it. You know, you should never consider that somebody else put a title on your head, you know? I mean, of course you should have respect. And when you start, you know, less, you know, less things that somebody who's like, I don't know, 50 years old, but you also know something that this person doesn't know. So it's always about the exchange. So trust yourself, have confidence. Don't try to please somebody. You, when you work for a brand, you work for that brand, of course, and you should have this in mind and you should go in that direction, like working for Balenciaga or Loewe. I was never working for myself but I was doing things for myself. I was always like, what's my interest? How can I have fun? And if I have fun, I will convince the other person. Or if I don't convince this other person, we will at least have a conversation. And if I haven't convinced her, she will, I mean, I would have deconvinced myself. I don't know somehow, or, or I will be more convinced, but I will be okay. We don't agree on that. So next time I know what to offer. I know what to propose, you know, so you learn. So this it's is it's a great, yeah, great ad advice. It's something I, I often say too. Is like um, to people entering in the in, in the industry uh, that they have to believe that sometimes they know more about some topics than the person in front of them. Person in front of them have more experience, but in terms of knowledge, they might they might know more about I don't know sustainability, social media. Uh, new artists that are upcoming, subcultures, whatever, because that those are the interests they have and because of the age difference or because they come from a different type of culture. So, as you say, knowledge could be like, uh, uh, it's really vast. Okay, experience that it's useful in a certain context here in a brand. Okay, that's something that you're going to learn along the way and you should kind of be humble and learn from, from others. But always remember that you bring something on the table as well, and yeah. uh, and there is something that I wanted to highlight that had come up often in the in, when you express is the fact to have fun. Is that something that uh, uh, do you know where it come from? Is that from your education, your parents? Where where do that idea of having fun come from? Yeah, I think like my parents uh, make a lot of jokes. We make a lot of jokes with my parents. Um, my grandma, because I spent more time with her, she was like super fun. She also made a lot of fun. She never like took herself seriously. I mean, so I always have this, uh, at Vitruve, at the school, we are always like playing characters, um, having fun too. Then, yeah, so I think, and yeah, I realized like, I don't know, like, I never like to, I mean, I comp, I don't know if I complain. I'm like, I always, analyze a lot too much like everything like i sure analyze but but i always want to have fun and i never been like you know like monday morning when you arrive in the office and i'm like how are you oh like a monday i'm like ah oh, you know like and we wait for friday and friday how are you thanks god it's the weekend i'm like okay and thanks god like tomorrow we are dying so this whole shit is like done you know yeah. <laughs> i'm like it's fun you know like 
take different road to go to work every day, like try something different every day. So, and I think it's very important, especially because when I was, for example, at school, at high school, I was curious. So I was interested and I find it fun. Like, I don't know, like history, geography, they were like matters that didn't interest me, but not because they were like not interesting because the teacher wasn't interesting because I had like a social economic teacher, which made connection to real life, a history teacher who made connection to real life, to actuality. So as a child, you need to understand why you're studying something. It's not that me, the grown up, I give you this and take, 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 eat. You're like, why, you know? And then you're forced. So at some point you do it, but you hate it. Me, I had, I was lucky enough to have many teachers that were super good pedagogues and who explained us why. So I was like interested at school, but I knew that I wanted more freedom and be out of this like judgmental system where we have grades and, you know, like, so it was very important to me why, I mean, I want to do something artistic, like creative at least and drawing because there, there is more freedom and you can speak more your mind. And then working in fashion, I worked a lot. Sometimes it was very hard, but I always wanted to have fun. And I also started to observe as it gets more serious and you grow, not you grow, grow, grow. Yeah, you're more grown up. You're like, oh, should become serious now. And like as a grown up, da, da, da. And I'm like, no. And also in fashion, the more responsibility you have, the less fun I think people have sometimes. And... And now I'm very happy because I had like a lot of fun at Balenciaga, at Lueve. Even if sometimes it was very hard, I realized that I had a lot of fun. But I'm very happy to be out also because I can really insist on this aspect of fun, which is not like superficial to me. It's really like, because I still see people working saying, oh, I worked a lot and I'm so tired and I have no life and I have no weekend and I worked again. And I'm like, whoa, guys, like just, you know, like, it's important, but it's not that important. Yeah, no, it, 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 it is true. It, and it is amazing to to hear you about how you see life, is it? it's about the, the, the fun and the joy that whatever you do brings into your life. And always to keep that in mind, because yeah, as you, as you said, the more grown up we become, the more serious we, we become. And sometimes we forget that uh, life, it's about being surprised, that uh, being like, there is a lot of discovery in, in it. And sometimes the burden of, uh, you know, life can take a, a toll on, on that. And it's sometimes hard to kind of re-inspire uh, ourselves in the day to day because of the, the reason, especially in fashion that, as you were mentioned, can take a, a lot of time and energy in your, in your life. And it is a, a, a really strong skill to be able like to, remember the, the pleasure and the fun that you are you are seeking doing that and if you're not having it maybe to listen to yourself and say okay if it's not in this place maybe there is a another place i can find i can find that that that, that fun and yeah. re-energize myself yeah like there is <laughs> quote like uh, you're not a tree so you can move you know it's always like move on the side like if you're not having fun there you can move yeah you can move if you can be before going to a little bit more on uh, Balenciaga and Weve, that uh, I think it feels that are, were key experience, experiences, um, what do you believe your your background? Uh, you say your your parents were from Romania and Greece, if I remember well. Um, what do you think the, the those backgrounds uh, brought to to you in terms of value, culture, the way you see the world, and and how they impact your your, 
maybe your life uh, and your, and your uh, choices. But it has a lot of impact, and I think mostly because we we are like uh, immigrants, so we moved here. So then I always have this like double vision of life. Also because I was very young when I came here. Um, and I come from a culture that is still like it's more oriental in some ways, and in, and I come from a part of the world which is often seen like uh, recently I was like talking with a guy and he was like ah oh, yeah I've been there it's really the mid-. like it was because it was back in the two thousand I don't know like it was really the middle age and I was like well no it was the tenth century but it didn't evolve in the same way as it did here so. Um, I always had, like, when I came here, I didn't have the feeling that I was coming. Like, if you live in your country forever, you see it from this perspective. Moving in another country, you realize that other people are observing you and having a judgment on you from their perspective. And then I came here and I was like, oh, okay, oh, okay, Romania is poor. Oh, okay, this. Oh, okay, that. Oh, oh, okay, boom. Of course, when you're in Romania, you look and you say, Occident, it's Occidental countries are amazing. Look in France, it's so clean and it's so rich and those people there must be all happy. And then also by coming here, you're like, well, wait, it's not that amazing. But of course, here you have like freedom, democracy, like many things that are very important. And you also look at other people saying, oh, look at them, poor them. But I'm still very aware that they are more poor than me. See how nice it is. Me, I'm here. I'm fine. Oh, no, I'm uh, I'm aware of that. And so um, it brought me that, that, that double vision, also that sensitivity to to never, like, consider somebody else only from my perspective, as I was saying, like, Chinese people are copying. I was like, wait, why people are saying that? Because also me growing up here, I was like, yeah, I start to have, like, stereotype ideas. Then I was like, wait, why? Like, question yourself, like, in Rom- and also Romania, because it was communist, of course, like, so my parents were against the communism at that time, there. I mean, at the time. Yeah, it's not that now they are pro or cons, but you see, like, you need to have some balance in life. So they were, like, against, and they wanted to have, like, freedom of speech. And also always, um, when you hear an information, process it through your own brain and with your own knowledge. So always doubt which to, uh, for my parents, it's exaggerated. They always doubt everything and they always wait why they are saying that. No, it must be this. And so it's like, wow, it's like very tiring for me. Sometimes I wish I just like was born in Perigord and I'm like, oh yeah, I believe everything people say to me, it's easy. Like, okay, they are right. So, but at the same time, I like very much this exercise and I'm very trained to that. Are you saying that? Wait, why? as I was saying for China. Okay, I might believe that they copy, but why? What is their culture? Why do people say that? Da-da-da. Try to think for yourself, I mean, think for yourself, question things for yourself, see with your own knowledge and what you've seen here and there and build a mindset that is personal. So this is one of the main things that my parents gave me. And also in terms of, sorry, I'm a bit long, but there are like two things very important. No, it's, it's perfect. Go ahead. <laughs> it's this thing of like, Con, like think uh, by yourself we have this like um, independent mind and uh, in Romania it's something that we go back there now because we want to go back to the countryside to milk our own cows and that so it was a culture because it was so like against western um, like where like uh, we didn't have like pre-made products so much like you are bringing your bottles back to the shop 
uh, if I was eating a cake, it was my grandma or my mom who was baking this cake. Like we didn't have all this like surgelé, like frozen product, all this like mm-hmm. um, that comes from a society that goes fast, that needs uh, to be efficient. It was more laid down. So also like my parents, everything that is like made, like every artifacts, my dad is always looking at it and being like somebody made it like a cup of coffee, like a plastic fork. He's like, look, you imagine the machine behind it that needed to make this fork. So I'm like, ah, again, like I would like to not see it. But at the same time, I find it very important because behind that plastic fork that for you, it's so easy to use. There is a big machine that costs a lot of money and there is probably a man because there are not robots everywhere. Like there is a man who's working every day, waking up early in the morning for you in the end to use the phone for two seconds and throw it away. So in my way of designing, I'm very conscious of it and more saying about that is not about sustainability, which in my opinion, it's a world that we use it and we put it everywhere. It's more like being, having the good, like bon sens, like good right sense, or I don't know how to say in English, but it's like, Everything that is that we are using has been thought, made, and created by someone. So when I design something, I'm like, it should have like. It, that's why I'm talking about this functionality, because you need to use it for a long time. Like in Romania, you buy something, you keep it for a long time, and you think about it when you buy it. It's it was less a less consumption in society back then. Now, like everything changed, but it's yeah, being aware and think for yourself. And it's a, it's it's amazing how all of that has shaped your way of uh, designing, as you were saying. Or e- even when you've been talking about the different choices uh, regarding China or regarding the the trends uh, forecasting ag- agency, it feels that because you have that way of thinking from your parents and your culture and your experience, you don't dismiss anything. You always ask yourself, okay, what is that? Why is it that way? Is that interesting? Can I learn something from there? Or always kind of challenging your way of uh, your perspective, as you were saying, your point of view, and how that can inform new ways of inspiration, creation, uh, way of designing your your, your, your own life. So it, it is really interesting to to understand where, where it comes from because it put a, a light on all the choices you, are, you, are, you have done so far. And, and I would say in terms of... Uh, Insights, they are super interesting for somebody who is, uh, yeah, starting because now fashion is everywhere in the world to ask themselves, okay, what my culture can bring to the fashion conversation? What can I learn to go work or study in another, in another country? Not so much to, uh, receive everything from the Occident world, as you were saying, but maybe to, okay, rebalance, recontrast and, for example, the theme of sustainability. Maybe some, it's not so much about consuming less. It's about how we consume just by the way we think about things. Even just the consumption of the mind of any product is like, okay, I see that. Let's see how far I can go to understand how that product has been made and how that way of thinking can uh, change my way of, con- con- of consuming things or using things or in terms of uh, usage, if I'm a, I am a designer. What are the best material? What are the best craftsmanships that are going to bring that to life? So I, I like it's more a way of being that indicate a way of doing things uh, after. So it's really interesting. It's really like understanding what you are doing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, that, that's great. So thank you for 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 sharing that uh, 
and uh, and how how is that uh, impacted your life and and so coming back to to you were saying after you went to to Balenciaga and Weve, so how how were those uh, those experiences after you know maybe where China because that was kind of a big company as well. What was the experience and what did you learn over there? Well, first I was kind of afraid when I started at Balenciaga because it was my first EDD because before I always work in freelance. So at Balenciaga, like in, it was CDD, so everybody was like super excited for me. Like, oh, that's so cool, a CDD. A CD, and eventually it can turn out in a CD. And me, I was very scared. Like, oh, I don't know. Like, I will have Tiki Restaurant. This is awful. Like, I will have the RTT photocopier. <laughs> and I was like, I don't want all those things. But then um, my ex at the time he told me like, yeah, but you like uh, you can always leave, you know. So I was like, oh, well, oh well, okay, that's fine. So I had like I, I was <laughs> a way to escape. So I was like, okay, okay. So then for me, first of all, it was um, I mean I was very happy because I really wanted to work for Balenciaga. I was like the um, design, like the head designer for bags at that time. There we had a really good relationship, so it was really amazing because we had a lot of fun. And he really let me be who, are, who I am. So he was like, okay, do your things, be happy, enjoy. Like, it was very inspiring to work with him. Um, and um, and then, so first, I was happy to work for Balenciaga, happy to work with him, with Donatien. And then the second thing for me, it, would be, it was like a new experiment in a company, like in, with a CDD. Like, it was a CDD at the time, and then a CDD, like a long-term contract. And I was like, okay. Now I will experiment. How is it to work in a company under a contract? Um, so I stayed there for five years. I started with Alexander Wong, which I didn't have so much in common in terms of aesthetics, but it was interesting because we had to develop so much because Alexander, I think he was so excited to be in France, like couture, shalala, like uh, baguette and is that again massage and blah, blah, blah. So it was amazing because we were doing so much. And uh, I was also like super excited to start to work for Balenciaga. So I was like working night and day and like being very involved. And, and also by having this very good relationship with Donatien, I was working for myself, but I wanted to work also for him to show him that I'm very motivated and I'm very happy that he trusted me and that. Uh, and after when Demna came, I was much more relaxed because we all came from, I mean, we both came from the same background, like Margiela and Mana. So this was my language, my vocabulary. So, and he also understood what I was like starting to do at that time because I never, I mean, I say that I wanted to work in a field where I could draw, but I didn't like to draw bags <laughs> because <laughs> like, I don't want to draw bags. This is boring because I never liked, I mean, I had this like super like contradiction, like, um, I don't know, like mindset that I'm always like, no, because people were like, oh, you know, to, you know how to draw so well. And I was like, well, I'm not here to draw. You're here like to design something interesting. So even if you don't know how to draw, so this is also something important to say. Like, don't put your pressure on you. Like, I don't know how to draw. We are not at Le Louvre. You're not Leonardo da Vinci. You just need to express an idea with the right proportion for somebody else to understand. But more than that, like, just do sketch, sketch a lot. By hand, by illustrator, whatever you want. But also... So what I was starting to do at that point was like working as I was working in ready to wear and I was like working at Hussein, like by draping. So in bags is like working already with like existing materials and like doing mock-ups. So I was working in 3D directly with mock-ups, with materials. Just I was saying, as, as I was saying before, to, 
to let the material surprise myself too. Because for me, like a design is something that has to be, you, you need to touch it. So just me in front of a paper, a white paper with my pen or in front of my computer, like working on Illustrator, you get so like, whoa, you have a lot of pressure. It's not very exciting. It's not very fun. So I started to work with mock-ups and I was very lucky because the Demna understood that way of working also. So I could provide him with so many maquettes, with so many colors, with so many like new materials. So it was so, 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 so interesting and so nice for me. And he was also like very chill at that time. So we, we talked like Donatien let me present my work directly to him, which is also very important because it also helps to understand how an artistic director is working. What does he want? What does he need? How do you, how do you have to behave during a meeting? You know, there are so, it was very nice. And then the team there is amazing because this they have it very good at Balenciaga that they, I mean, in my opinion, very good that they bring people from everywhere. Then, of course, they become a bit like Balenciaga, but um, that they are very like unique characters that comes from so many places in the world. So that was like super interesting. And... Uh... And for those who don't understand how a studio works, how does it work or in terms of uh, hierarchy, designers, departments? Because you said, yeah, I had the opportunity to talk directly to, to them, uh, introduce uh, my, my ideas. Just to have an idea, how, how does it work? So in general, so you have like separated between the, um, how do you say, like the business aspect, like the executive side and the creative side. Um and then you have like different, you have the big studio and then you have ready to wear studio, which is, which group the most people, I would say, depending on the houses. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, what, from what I know at Balenciaga, like the ready to wear studio, it's very big. Then inside you have prints, you have the people who are doing flu, like uh, coats, jacket, pants, denim, da, da, da. Then you have the shoe department, which is also quite like important. And and then you have the ready to wear the, the sorry the accessories like the leather goods uh, area then you have the graphic design uh, and then for all those different areas you have the um, like fabric like material research material developers and then for ready to wear or for accessories sometimes you have an in-house studio of like a workshop i mean yeah like atelier where you go and then they make things for you directly you can do maquette, you can do the mock-ups yourself and then you share with them or you do drawings and you bring to them. Most of the time for accessories it's done in Italy. So we don't have an in-house atelier. Uh, that's that's why I also like started to do like mock-ups myself because I needed to have a result right now and sometimes it takes a long time to do the mock-ups. So I wanted to have something to present to them now and not just drawing or like, oh, I have this like salpa because this is the material. Like, salpa is the material you use to make mockups and it's gray and it's boring or white and it's boring. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, and then you have the artistic director who most of the time have a person like a right hand uh, who's helping him. And then, yeah, in every categories, you have a, a designer, um, directrice de studio, director of the studio, who's like making the link between the artistic director and the teams. And depending on the studio, either you present, like the designer present their ideas directly to the artistic director, or you have the 
head of design or and or the studio director who take the ideas presented depending on how the artistic director wants and the size of the company because you're not going like 10 people on him and like, okay so i have this idea yeah no it's uh, thanks for for clarifying that it's always like uh, sometimes a mystery what happened in the studio and then how everything uh, works and what would you say like are the, the the advice or insights that you will give somebody to start in a in a studio for the first time and kind of want to uh, develop themselves there because you say you had interns and you have few experience in different studio what, what would you say are the, the key elements for success uh, i would say like it's um it's like what i said before like you should like propose something like um trust your ideas like of course you're gonna learn more and more like how to have trust in your ideas but like comes not being like um how do you say like uh, too proud uh, of yourself like this idea it's arrogant, a, arrogant, arrogant yeah. yeah like uh, i invented the, the wheel you know but just like if you have an idea be proud of it uh when you present something to somebody is it like the senior designer the artistic director or to somebody else, you should be convinced by this idea. You should be happy about this idea and you should be proud about this idea. Like never present something being like half, uh, you know, like uh, half boiled, like, uh, I don't know. I don't really believe in Like, How do you want to convince somebody? This is the most like, uh, and I know it's hard because most education is made like you don't know, the grown up know, and he will teach you and learn from him. So again, like, as you were saying also, like you have your own experience, maybe less in some film than more in other, but like be, have some, uh, the, one of the most important things for me is like be involved in what you do, be proud of what you present and it should make you happy so you can uh, share this happiness and this joy with the person you're presenting it and this inspiration. Like I'm inspired and I can do more if you want, you know, and if you don't like this idea, okay, I will go back and then I will find more ideas. Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing uh, trying to find a thin line between being confident enough, but not arrogant. Yeah. And at the, and at the same time, have that, uh, as you said, as you were talking earlier about that spirit, that joy, uh, having fun, delivering ideas and even if the idea doesn't work or it's not that it's not a bad idea per se it just doesn't work in the specific context for the specific uh, uh, collection but that idea will lead to another one you explore a little bit more so in a way it's what i advise also often it's about the learning curve what have you learned from designing that first idea what have you learned from the next one and it's not about it's not personal. It's not like yeah. you did something wrong. Yeah, exactly. No. Not right yeah. Wrong. yeah. And so, also always it, observe. Like this is also super important. Like you should always observe because like like for every like when I was working for Balenciaga, it was very different from when I was working at Loewe, but both <laughs> both I learned like so many like different things and different way of working and then you need to present something that is in line with because I say you do things for yourself but you still work you're working for this brand so you should give things that are aligned with this um with their idea of their brand and the direction the artistic direction they want to give to the brand yeah so and this is very interesting for you because it brings you out of your comfort zone all the time and you're like oh okay I never thought about this field or this area of this or this direction 
So you should always be very curious and observe a lot. What is the house or what is the fashion house you're working for? What is the person background? You know, for me, it's very important, like this observation to know how to talk. It's like, again, it's like I'm talking about vocabulary and like, it's for me, it's all about the language. It's not the verbal language, it's the aesthetic language and the, um, and the, um, yeah, and the, the intuition that you have about this person, you know, and this is something that is very important for a designer also to understand that you, this intuition is something super pre precious. And if you're not trained this intuition, then you always be a bit like shy. And there is, I mean, yeah, you can be shy and res I mean, you can be reserved, but there is, we, there is no right or wrong. Yeah, I like what you said about the language, and it's almost a uh, being fluent in different language aesthetic, where you can, you know, experiment and try new ideas, and always go back to your own intuition and say, okay, how can I press an idea in this uh, specific aesthetic language? Maybe I'm not comfortable yet. But I'm confident I'm, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna get better. So let's present those ideas and observe, learn, and see how far I can go. And, and it, it is really interesting. I like that. And yeah, so, another thing that it's also like, sorry, but that it's also very important is like, um, having like big, big, big respect for the craft people you're working with because they are really important because like if they stop tomorrow, uh, everything stops. <laughs> it, it will not happen. Like, don't be scared. It will never happen. But, uh, this is also one, like, when you say, like, the key to success is not about, like, your own personal success is how to live in this life. And I think one of the very important things is, like, the empathy, the generosity, and the respect you have. And most of the time, as from what I've seen, again, like, we talk a lot in fashion about the respect we have for the craft, but it's really not considered so well in my opinion they are like the workers in the factories so, yeah we respect them it's like a nice blah blah talk but voila so i think it's like they have so much knowledge and we as designer this is the most fun part for us is like sharing those moments in the factories in italy in france everywhere with the people who are like making this your ideas materialize your ideas and it's so important to share with them. And for me, it was always important to explain to them why am I doing stuff? Because they often repeat like, oh, you're a designer, you know. And I'm like, you know what? Like we are sharing, like I'm, I have the idea, I share it with you. And I have some like you know, pattern maker ideas, but I'm less experienced in that field. And it's again, like I have less experience in the pattern cutting, you have more. Then you become a bit of designer, I become a bit of pattern cutter, like we share. And then this is our idea together. So this is also another very important thing aside from the studio. Yeah. It make me it make me go back to what your dad was saying. Remember when you see a product where it comes from, who mm -hmm. have done it, what are the work behind it. So always respect the crafts behind anything that you, you do, especially in a you know industry. Okay. And um I want to kind of uh, underline few if I go a little bit on uh, to Lueve, and after that I want to go to 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 your brand because uh, I, I want to be respectful of of your time. So if you have to kind of summarize Lueve uh, experience and what have you learned over there, well, how, how was it and what are the key key learnings? 
Um, so it was very interesting because I worked like uh, for a completely different, like for me, it was important to work from something completely different from Balenciaga where um, I was like mostly like, let's say like, like finding inspiration in garbage and like in weird areas that have nothing to do with fashion, which you always do in every fashion house. But in Balenciaga, it was very specific and you could do like, you can mix so many um things from everyday life and i was going to loewe where it's really like it's beautiful and the craft and like uh, rope and japan and da, da, da. so it was very complimentary to me like how i am because i realized i really need both of them like after a time if it's just like one direction i get bored so i really need this like the beauty mixed with the garbage for example like to simplify it um so there I met also again like an amazing group of people and of designers who came from different um, areas, which were like completely different from the one at Balenciaga, completely different in terms of aesthetic, let's say. And, but then as humans, like not so much, like they also like, like to design and have fun and voila. Um, then I also observe, could observe like from the interior, how is it to work for Elevian Mage? Uh, compared to caring. So it was again like very interesting in that aspect to see like how two big machines are working. Um, I learned a different way of designing like something more efficient. At that time at Balenciaga, it was also the beginning of them now. So I assume now it changed a lot. So it was really the beginning where he really wanted to change things and da da da. Now I don't know how it is so much. Uh, Loewe, it's much more installed. But what I observed is from both of them, they are very aware of the commercial aspect of the brand. And they really want the people to be able to wear their designs, which is something common they have and which is very important. And I, I mean, I don't know if they don't, if they, I don't think they discuss the mass market because from where they are coming, like both as the, as artistic director, they don't come from the course, like they don't come from a castle. So, so they are very much like in, in relation with the real life as much as they can from where they are now. But they were at some point in relationship with the real life and yeah. the metro and uh, but yeah. So no, I learned, uh, I learned a different way of creating and I learned a different expertise, especially in the um, craft aspect because Loewe it's really a craft company specialized in leather was like amazing an amazing atelier where people are working for more than 10 years there so it was a very amazing experience in terms of uh, leather good quality and um, and excellence and that's why you chose to go there what was the criteria kind of to yeah so i i knew at that time that um, that i i mean at the time i was like already for like five years at balenciaga and um, and i was like feeling that doing those maquettes and like being like this crazy like in my little workshop at balenciaga doing maquettes and uh, i was like starting to turn a bit in circles and i didn't really know where i wanted to go and when I had this opportunity, I was like, okay, this is nice because it's like, for me, it was like the opposite um, to Balenciaga. And I was like, if I want to continue in this category of like leather goods, I shouldn't have just one experience in something cool and dirty. I would also, I want 
I wasn't sure, but I was like, I feel like I need to know. I mean, I was touching already like the leather, like the bags of web, and I was like, wow, that's nice. That's leather. The colors are nice. Which like, oh, no, you cannot say something is nice or something is beautiful. You know, like, no, 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 you know. But when I arrived there, I was really like, ah, okay, we can say this is beautiful. This is nice. You know, like we can also just appreciate things and don't, not always be cynical and ironic. And yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So for me, it was important also to, for myself still like to develop, um, um, to develop more skills in leather goods, like proper leather goods. Since okay. I'm coming from yeah. where I started quite like late and, uh, by instinct in leather goods. So I don't have this background of, uh, doing like starting from the, I, I learned a lot also because I was doing a lot of market. So I deconstructed a lot of bags. I cut, I deconstruct. So I observed a lot by doing and by like playing with those markets. So those markets were very important in that learning of how a bag is made, how a bag is constructed. And so you brought that after to say, I know how it's made. Now I, I'm going to apply maybe yeah. other type of materials and play with it and uh, to make maybe something beautiful in, in, yeah. in, I, in some way. This is another thing that now, I mean, from my experience in the studio, like, most of design, they spend a lot of time like in front of their computer and we tend to do this more and more and to have the feeling that on Pinterest, you can find everything, which I find like horrible. But at Balenciaga, it was also a time when we were going a lot out. We are going a lot to do research. We're going a lot to museums, to exhibitions, to just to be inspired and to be out of the studio because the studio is one thing that it's not so I also find like for my assistants, like I always try to bring them out. It's sometimes hard because everything goes so fast and you have little time to be inspired. But I always find it so important to bring them out of their seat because for me, when you start, you shouldn't be just doing like Photoshop and Illustrator. Like this is something you will have to do, but do it fast because there is so many other things that are fun. <laughs> yeah. So I like it the way you say it. It's go fast, not for the just fast uh just for the sake of going fast it's go fast in order to have the time to get the inspiration exactly. and nourish nourish yourself so be productive and efficient in order to have the time to nourish yourself as well because yeah. it's not you get eaten alive but the, the machine in the past yeah. day and and so today or how all of those experiences have nourished your, your personal project. And can you tell us a little bit more about what is that uh, new, new, new project you are working on? So I started in 2001, my brand, which is called Accept, and it's this brand of accessories for garments. So it's like, basically it's like small details. It's like jewelry. It's made out of silver and vermeil. Uh, and also a my grand feu, which is called like grand feu enamel. And I went like, for me, it was, I mean, um, for me, it was very important to start my own project and to design in with my own values and to direct design where I find it important. So it's again, like having ideas, sharing it with people and having fun and and like fusing those two elements that were important in my life, ready to wear and accessories combining them together and offering like a new idea, like something that doesn't exist because I, this is, as I say, like for Hussein Shalayan or like for other designers that offer like a new, something new to the world, like something innovative. This is very important to me. Um, so I, I would say that um, 
is like training, uh, this harsh training in fashion and this like uh, where you have to start a new collection one after the other. Like at the beginning, it was very hard. I was like, no, I cannot like have a new idea after this collection. But then since we are, we have creative minds, then you're like, oh no, I'm fed up. Then you see an image and you're like, well, okay, I can start now. Ah, it's inspired. Okay, okay, I have the idea. You know? So then it goes like naturally in your mind. Um, so I learned, I mean, it helps me like focus, like, and I'll say, like, I give this advice to my assistant, like you should focus and you should go fast in this area that's less interesting for you. So you have more time to do what interests you. And then for my brand, I always have to apply it and I'm becoming like, I mean, I am, um, I have many characters in my mind, but for this special as aspect of having your own brand is very good because I have to be the artistic director. I have to be the designer. I have to be the, like the marketing, uh, I don't know, like, or, and to be like, okay, now you can be free and find ideas. And now we go fast. Like, da, 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 we don't have time. We have to finish. So it really gave me this training of like, bam, bam, you continue having your ideas and you have to end up things. You have to end up things because this is one thing when you create for yourself. You're like, ah, oh, it can go forever. I'm not sure. I didn't finish. So this gave, really gave me this, like, this, this speed that sometimes is necessary to just finish something and to have a prototype in order to be able to modify it later. Don't think too much. Like, just do. Then you receive a first prototype and you modify it and you change and don't put too much pressure on yourself. You always have the time to have new ideas after. And the other thing that I should like stop myself sometimes, it's like, of course, working for those luxury houses, uh, you really have the opportunity to try so many things and to develop so many prototypes. So now for myself, I'm like, yeah, I want to launch like 10 ideas and then I will select two. And then I ask for the, like the price point. And I'm like, okay, bon, I need to focus on two ideas. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, so this is also this is the, the really like the luxury aspect that you can launch so many things and you can try, you can try, you can try, you can try. You always have people to to give you a response and to be like, okay, we're gonna make it, we're gonna try. We don't have the budget, but still do it. So this is um it's yeah, so I really learned to like concentrate and focus. Yeah, that's a, a amazing uh the way you explain everything that you have learned and how you become, you know, your the CEO and the art director when you have all those ideas and then you have to become the designer or the assistant designer and there you have to really focus on the one task and deliver and finish on time. Then you go back to becoming the, the head designer when you observe things and reshape and rechallenge. And um, it's almost like they always say in entrepreneurship, it's like you're wearing several hats. So it feels that it's really clear uh, the different hats you have and how you use all the skills acquired along the way. Yeah. And, and and can you tell us a little bit more about that inspiration kind of, because um, I remember when you introduced me the brand, one of the things that uh, struck me the most was almost like it was a dialogue between the accessory and the garment, and of course the person wearing uh, both. Um, it was a new way to to, yeah, to dialogue between all of those pieces in a really innovative way to uh, use your, 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 your word. And where did that inspiration come from and uh, where, where you see the, the, the kind of the project going with that uh, kind of main idea? 
So the idea was like to, for me, like in the really beginning, it was to talk about the garment in a diverted way. Because for me, like as I was saying, like the garment is most important when I started in like for the the fabric aspect, the relationship to the body, the relationship to the movement. Like wearing garments, it means like you get dressed and you get undressed. Or there is also a sensual and a sexy part of it. Um, and I was like asking myself how I can like still talk about the garment without having the weight of like um, sizes, big production or big production. Like you have different sizes. You have to have a, find the fabric. And I, I, again, with this idea, like have fun and keep it light. And also the idea of um, trying to offer something that is like reduced in this world where everything is like so big and so noisy. I wanted like, even if it's amazing, the noise, and I really like the noise and I talk a lot and I'm like super like excited and enthusiastic. I really value the quietness and the, like the discretion, 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 no, you don't say it. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> More intimate too, yeah. Intimate, yeah. So, um, and the other thing is like me wanted to have fun and seeing like how much like you people like you can interact with each other, but sometimes you don't dare. So I wanted to create something that catch attention in a discreet way, makes the wearer discreetly remarkable. So you like, and playing with yourself in the first place. So when you get dressed, then my accessories, you can place them a bit like wherever you, you want like depending on the accessories. So I have like piercing for garments. I have pins for garments. I have tags, like like the label tags in paper, but that are made like in silver and you can attach it to your pant loop, to your buttonhole, to your to a hole in your T-shirt. So it's also like making the best out of an accident of your life. And by placing it in weird ways, you're aware of what you're doing with your garments. You give value to an old garment that you might be bored of. And then you also might surprise somebody because when I wear, I also have like a button, for example, that uh, that's, I place on my shirt, for example. And then people, I see people like looking at it in the street, like, what is this? Like, what is this shining there? Or, or like my, my partner, he has like one of the jewelry and people in the street, they come to him and they are like, I'm sorry, you forgot the, you forgot your tag on your jacket when you bought it. And I find it so funny and I'm the happier. Like, yes, it worked. Like, I'm so happy. Because it's this interaction in between people, you know, when you have like, I don't know, like a salad or food in your teeth, people won't say it because they are like, I don't know, he might take it bad or I don't know. But with this, with the tag and all with these elements that you have on you, people come to you and I love because it's kind of like an empathic reaction. Because people say today the world goes bad and everybody's mean and the society is harsh and blah, blah, blah. It's true in certain aspects, but when people are coming to you to say, I'm sorry you forgot this, is an attention that this person is having for you. So I like to, with those little details in this like big noise that we are in now, to create something that it's more discreet, but still catch attention and make you be remarkable in a discreet way. You don't have to shout for attention, but you can play with yourself and then play with the others. Amazing! It's uh, when I was hearing you, I was remembering everything that you have uh, you have said so far, and that element of playfulness. It's really at the center of uh, of everything, and um, and I love the what we talk, talk about the craftsmanship, the the material, something good quality, we made with uh, you know specific craft. At the same time, discreet, uh, but that bring you know like. Uh, 
an, um, a dialogue between the person that wears it, the garment, and also the person that look at the, 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 the piece and how those interactions create a, a new dialogue, maybe more empathy, as you, as you were saying, in a world that it's so uh, being disconnected. It's really interesting how you use that piece, that uh, accessories for garment, as a way to connect uh, people in something really like uh, authentic and simple. So it, it is really unique. Everything you, able, you have been able to create with that uh, with that brand, and it's uh, it's quite quite unique. Yeah, and it's also the idea of creating around the garment. So using again, like as a as a, like what I was saying about my parents, about Romania, about my experiences, like transforming what is there, like working around the garment. Like now I'm working on the new collection and I find new functions or ways to transform your own garment. Again, in this idea, like, yes, I'm the designer and I have time to think about uh, designing. For somebody who's like a baker and who doesn't have time or he's not interested in designing, but then he can also create and change his garments uh, and his own outfit by adding certain things. And then to a certain extent, like you can also like to also share this idea that we are sharing together and we are always transforming something that existing. So now I'm working on a new collection, inventing new um, function based on the, on the actual function of the garment. And always also working with the atelier, like in Paris, because everything is made in France, because the craft is here and because for me it's very important to share again with those artisans and to learn from their craftsmanship and to work to show through the pieces also that something very simple needs sometimes a lot of work. And when I go in the atelier, I'm always impressed to see those like hands of women's or men's working on those like little small things and I'm like wow this took so much time and it's all their attention on this little element and I really want that's why I wanted to work with silver and with precious metals and precious materials not for the sake of saying it's precious because somebody else decided it's just because to say that you it's um the work the work it's important and I think on the new collection I will also I'm like thinking about working with materials that are not considered precious in the first place, but for me, they become precious because it's the work of the person and the intention of the person who made it happen. Yeah, we go back to that idea of seeing something in another point of view and see what, what is the beauty behind and how you can create something new from, from that new perspective. Yeah. Uh, amazing. So, Anaxena, where people can find more about your, your, your brand? What is the, the website or maybe the, the so social? I have, uh, I have a website which is um, www.accept.co. Accept is my initial, so it's A-X-E-P. Uh, I also have Instagram and I recently have an Instagram shop. I'm very proud that I opened my shop on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, uh, and, and I will like work on the, like the wholesale uh, aspect of the, but for the moment it's sold online. Yeah. And on Instagram. Perfect. Again, thank you a lot for, for, for your time, for all those amazing stories and all that journey that you, 
you you took took us uh, all along your this uh, this podcast, and I'm really happy about like where the brand is going and super interesting. So thank you again for 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 your time. Thank you very much to you. It was very nice to talk to you and. Did you feel that fire and creative spirit? I personally very much enjoyed this conversation. It reminded me why I love being close with creatives. Every time I learn so much from their point of views and their capacity to shape the world around them. So what are the key learnings from this conversation? One, if you are a designer starting their career, remember to always be at the service of the brand's vision and be a supportive element for the senior designers. Two, trust yourself and your vision. Speak up and experiment. Continue to nourish your spirit and get inspiration from the world around you. However, stay humble and do not try to revolutionize everything. Learn the processes and look for incremental improvements. Three, don't let your passion for fashion consume you. Learn how to balance your life. Find ways to re-energize your body and spirit in order to sustain a high level of performance at your job. Learn how to take a step back and gain clarity on your professional objectives. I'm sure there is even more insight that we can take from this conversation with Anna Xenia. Again, I invite you to discover her work on her website, www.acep.co. AXEP.co and look at her Instagram at accept.axep.that. If you're still here, thank you so much for tuning in. I know how much your time is valuable. If you enjoyed this episode and want to support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. This is the most efficient way to help us grow and entice people to listen to the show. If you have any questions, comments, or requests, please feel free to reach out on LinkedIn. In the next episode, I will receive Yalin Xu. She's from China and works at Remova as a creative content coordinator. So if you want to know more about marketing and content creation, stay tuned for our next episode. Until next time, I wish you a wonderful day.